Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of We Said What We Said. Usually at this part, I would say with Teddy and Kedra, but Teddy's not here. Teddy is not going to be joining us on this episode. Um, I'm sure you'll hear from him again, but as of right now, Teddy is not hosting the show with me, um, which was really scary. I'm going to be frank with y'all and nerve wracking for me because I've never done something like this by myself before. So to be frank with you, he was definitely, um, something for me to lean on and find comfort and solace in doing this show. But, you know, unfortunately as the tide changes, things happen, you have to keep it pushing. Um, and I'm sure we're going to hear from him again, but for a while it is going to be just me. Well, not just me, not just me, but you know, it's not going to be just me. We're going to actually change the direction of the show a little bit. Y'all, I hope you don't mind taking this, this ride with me. But one thing with, we said what we said that was very important to me was that we delivered you guys news, the facts, so you guys can make your own educated opinions on things. I feel like a lot of times people create opinions on topics in the news or whatever the case may be without any without a lot or and or any context right some people will just read a headline and based off that headline they'll form an opinion and that annoys the hell out of me i can't stand when people do that people will say well i don't know the full story but er, stop pause sis bro i don't care about your opinion because you don't have the full story so that is what we are going to do here at this show that's why we bring you guys the news and then I do my little rant and rave after I've laid out all the facts and I'm able to make a concrete um, decision after I'm able to make a cohesive and clear decision based on lay facts. Yes, lay facts, madea facts, right? So we're going to talk about that, but then we're also going to do some interviews. It was really important for me to talk to you guys and talk to you and talk to experts about the things that I'm currently obsessed with right now in life. I am on my track to 30 and I mapped out my entire year. I've been mapping it out and I have things that I need to take care of before I turn 30 and becoming financially literate was definitely one of them. I wanted to go into my thirties, having a better idea about finances, having a better idea about just finances in general, what I'm spending my money on, what I should be spending my money on, how much I should be saving, looking into investors. You know, I'm really, I don't come from money. I come from working folks and I just want to take it a step further for my children and be able to, you know, have a little quaint for them. You know what I mean? Look, a little residual income, do a something on the side, you know, just build up generational wealth. I'm all about that. I also want to talk to you about criminal justice reform. Um, obviously criminal justice reform reform is such a hot topic right now. I grew up in the hood, grew up in Buffalo, New York, knew a lot of criminals, (laughs) grew up with a lot of folks that did a lot of, you know, not so nice things, but I've always been fascinated in why people took the route that they took in life and why people, you know, I feel like at a point we all had a choice. When I was in high school, I went to an all girls Catholic high school. And me and my friends, and me and my friends, because all the black girls, we were all hanging together. We went to this, yes, we went to this private school with our little private uniforms on, this Catholic school. But we were all from the hood. We were all from the same place. 
So we would literally get the city and region section of the Buffalo News every day just to literally look and see if we knew any of the names from any of the people that were picked up um, for committing like a plethora of crimes, whether it had been like robbery or possession of a weapon. And it was maybe about about eight of us that would do this. And sure enough, we will always know someone. X, Y, and Z Johnson picked up on a gun possession and had X amount of marijuana. And sure enough, one of us would be like, oh, that's my sister's boyfriend or that's um, my cousin or that's my neighbor. Sure enough. I don't know why we used to do that. We were more interested in that than we were in class. But also to see how the Buffalo News will always butcher our names. They could never spell our names right. Like, and it would, it would frustrate me and it kind of made me want to become a journalist because it's like, sis, you need to figure out how to spell, I don't know, Lakevion um, Patterson. Like I need, I made that name up y'all, but I'm just saying they would always butcher our names, but best believe they knew how to spell Schwarzenegger. Um, that wasn't an issue. So that was always a thing with me too. So that's criminal justice reform is always something that's going to be important to me, near and dear to my heart. I'm going to be talking to a lot of people who have done time behind bars and who have come out and have been able to just rejudge and reconstruct their entire lives. So I'm going to be talking to people like that and I'm really excited about it. I'm going to talk to you guys about physical care. A lot of y'all don't know we're supposed to go to the dentist every six months. A lot of y'all don't know that we're supposed to go to the doctor once a year. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about diet. We're going to talk about eating. Obviously, we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about relationships with yourself, relationships with others. We're going to get into spirituality, you guys. And we're also going to get real dirty and we're going to talk about sex. That's right. Sex. Fornication. Fellatio. I don't know how I'm going to cover this topic yet. I don't know if I'm going to cover it from just a health perspective. But, you know, I don't know if I'm going to cover it from a pleasure perspective. I don't know. Maybe we'll do all of it. But sex is obviously something that we all do, but we never talk about. Sex is something that we all do and we never talk about. And I want to talk about it. I want to get dirty with you guys. (laughs) So, yeah. So there are a lot of changes going on with the podcast because that's what we're doing. Um, We had a very interesting past couple of weeks. I'm sure at this point, a lot of you guys know that I'm sure at this point, everyone knows that at this point, everyone's been talking about the passing of Nipsey Hussle. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did not listen to Nipsey's music a lot. Um, I'm obviously on the East Coast. Never particularly loved West Coast music. Um, I'm going to be frank with you. Like I don't, there aren't that many or any West Coast rappers um, besides Tupac, who is from the East Coast that I really listen to. But Nipsey was obviously someone that um, I respected and I admired because I'm aware that he came from truly humble beginnings and he was able to um, reconstruct his life. Obviously, we all know Nipsey, hardcore gangbanger back in the day, um, grew up in the streets. Nipsey was about that life. And what was so dope about him was that if you look back on where he came from to where he is today, 
completely extraordinary and just just his story is so humbling and the reason that nipsey was or is so important to culture is because he came from nothing and was able to turn his entire life around by himself and he was more than just a rapper he was an activist he really he really was a crusader for black people and just for disenfranchised people for the hood to get it together and to say, yo, you could come from literally nothing. You could come from the dirt. You could come from food stamps and not having anything in your refrigerator or whatever the case may be to you can just become whoever it is the fuck you want to be. And I know that sounds cliche and I know people say that and you know, you're like, whatever, but it's really true. And one thing that I admired about Hipsy is that he was big on, he was bigger than himself, right? And he was big on helping other felons because he knew what it felt like and how hard it was to come out of prison and reform your life. Because I know that prison, obviously they, they sell it right as this place as to where you're going to be, you know, rehabilitated, but in prison, that's really not what prison is about. Um, prison is literally just about holding somebody. Prison is a, a modern day term for slavery, period, point blank. But we're going to get that. We're going to get into that a little bit later, you guys, on another episode. But that's all prison is at this point. And Nipsey, he wanted to help other felons. He bought basically the block that he used to hustle on to help other felons give them jobs that other people wouldn't he wanted to help get them jobs so they can provide for themselves and for their loved ones because as we all know it's hard for felons to get jobs it's like you do your time but then you've been written off by society so nipsey was really all about helping folks and giving them second chances when the world turned their back on them um, he wanted to rebuild his neighborhood. A lot of the times when people get famous, they forget about, you know, who they are and where they came from. Um, we've seen this over and over again, but Nipsey actually went back to his neighborhood to buy up businesses. He wanted to create STEM programs. Well, he was creating and working with a company and created to create STEM programs for folks. Like, you know, I feel like today, you know how back in the day, like they had, like um, the like the steel industry and things like that where folks were able to, the industrial revolution and the industrial industry where folks were able to work at these huge power plants. Like I know my grandfather worked for Chevy um, back in the day and there were so many people who worked at these plants and people who worked at these plants, they were able to come home and financially provide for their children um, regardless of their background or education level. And I think that's what STEM is going to do for a lot of us i think stem is like the new industrial revolution um despite what you know your background is you're able to get into that industry and make a pretty good living for yourself actually a really good living for yourself um a lot more of a lucrative industry stem is so much more lucrative than journalism is so you know Keep that in mind. He was doing that for people, which I think is so dope. And Nipsey taught people to believe in themselves, which is something else that we don't really hear a lot about. A lot of times when people get on, when they pop in, you know, they don't always go back and just teach 
others how they did it. And to believe in yourself, like Drake even said it, the power of the mind is not a joke. Like y'all don't understand how powerful it is to come up with a thought, put, write it down, see it and work towards it. I promise you, if you have a goal right now, if you there's something that you want to do, write it down, think about it, really sit and think about it write it down and just keep reminding yourself what you're doing. And if you put the work in, I guarantee you, you will succeed. Now I'm not saying write down on a piece of paper that you want to be a millionaire, sis, and keep referring back to it. No, you need to come up with a concrete plan as to how you're going to achieve set goal. And if you stick to it, I guarantee you, you will see results. I cannot tell you how long, but you will see it. And that's what Nipsey was preaching to the people. And that's positive. And that's a piece of advice that we hear, but we really don't take heed to. And Nipsey was all about that. The power and believing in yourself. It was something that Lisa Left Eye Lopez talked about all the time. It's just so important. If you can see, can conceive it in your mind, it can transition and manifest itself into reality. Also, he believed in himself. Nipsey was very confident and confidence is key. And it's something that a lot of people sleep on. So that's why this is just a couple of the key reasons that I just threw together as to why Nipsey um, was so influential, is still so influential as someone who grew up without both parents. Um, my mom was actually um, shot right in front of me when I was about six years old and eventually died. So, when I heard that the Nipsey was shot, I let out a little bit of a wail. And I was with somebody and they were like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? And I was like, yo, Nipsey was just shot and killed. And even though I'm talking to you guys about it right now, I'm getting chills because I understand what his children um, are feeling. Because I went through it and I was young and they're young going through this right now. And my heart and soul just goes out to those kids who have to grow up and know that their dad was taken from them. But the one thing I can say, and some people aren't going to agree with me, is that God doesn't make any mistakes. And what I know that I could say about, you know, my parents and what Nipsey will, kids will be able to say about them, their father, is that, you know, they're going to want to work. When something like that happens to you so early in life, it's either two ways you go about it. Either you fold and, you know, you kind of have to, it takes you a long time to, or if ever, coming to grips with it. And either you, either you let it consume your life and you let it dictate your life to the point where you find it really hard to maneuver and you kind of maybe never get your footing back or you take that and you use that and you build and you use that as momentum to become better, to work your hardest, be better than or continue the legacy of the person that you lost, of the parent that you lost. It's never going to be easy to grow up without a parent or without both parents. It's always going to be a constant struggle that unfortunately those kids are going to have to live with every single day. And I'm going to give us a moment of silence just to reflect on Nipsey and his life and his legacy.
Another thing that has been dominating the news is the news of Joe Biden. All right. So we all know Joe Biden, Uncle Joe, the former vice president of the United States under the amazing Barack Obama. Joe is in trouble. Joe was accused or Mr. Biden. Joe was basically accused of not sexually assaulting women, but becoming, but being very touchy, very lovey-dovey with women in particular. There was a woman by the name of Lucy Flores who came out and who wrote a piece for the cut and she was running for office um, and Biden was a supporter of hers and he helped support her and was walking with her on the campaign trail. And there was a time, it was 2014, and she was the Democratic nominee for the lieutenant governor in Nevada, right? So basically what happened was she was getting ready to go and give her speech. And as she does that, Joe Biden walks up behind her, puts his hand on her shoulder and kisses her on the back of the head. She said in that moment, you know, she was obviously mortified. She was stuck um, in the moment and she really didn't know what to do, but she just couldn't wait to get out on the stage and just get away from him. Now, she's not accusing him of sexually assaulting her. She isn't accusing him of um being inappropriate sexually but what she is saying is that she felt like him touching her was inappropriate and that it made her feel extremely uncomfortable she was 35 years old at the time in 2014 now that's what happened and you guys can head over to the cut and read the story and there have been so many other um follow-up stories to this incident now I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash from folks on my opinion, but you know, it is what it is. And I'm known for having unpopular ones, but this story was really unsettling with me. And I'm going to tell you why I'm, I would never blame a victim, um, of anything. I would never blame a victim, um, as someone who's experienced assault before. I absolutely know that. I understand that feeling of being caught like a deer in headlights, not being able to move and just being completely frozen. I absolutely get that. I'm not taking that from her. But I do feel like at 35 years old, if a, and yes, I am bringing age into it. If a grown man puts his hands on his shoulders at 35 years old and kisses you on the back of the head in a non-sexual way um he didn't like grind himself on her or whatever he put his hands on her on her shoulders kissed her on the back of the head and in that moment she felt uncomfortable at 35 years old i want you to be able to turn around and say stop at 35 years old i want you to be able to walk away um, or at least body language is louder than words. Sometimes there should have been a reflex. There should have been something to signal to this grown man that what he's doing to you at this point makes you feel uncomfortable. I, you know, there's a big difference between, there's a big difference between a man grabbing your pussy and you being frozen and a man touching your shoulders and you being frozen, right? For her to have the confidence to write something like this so many years later, 
that is what takes balls. That is what I think takes more balls than telling him to get off you in that moment. I understand he's the vice president. I understand that he's powerful. But like I said, if you aren't able to at the very least tell him, stop, that makes me uncomfortable, or at least shoo away, or just do something to protect yourself in that moment, I'm not sure that you could run for office. But to be able to write this type of article, I don't know what this teaches our daughters. But at the same time, I think for, Louis, for Lucy Flores, I just want to be very clear as to what the the message is for our young daughters. Are we teaching our daughters to write dissertations um, and think pieces five years after they feel they were slated or they feel they were done wrong? Or do we teach them to be assertive in that moment and say, hey, get your hands off of me, period. Because men have no problem with saying, you know, what they want. And also it's because obviously they are the dominant culture, right? They have the upper hand, but you know what? I'm all about change and moving forward. And yes, that is true for today, but let's move forward and let's fix that, right? So men are assertive. Men have no problem saying what they want. How about as women, we come together and we take some of those notes, we take notes and we see the way that men work and we apply some of those same practices and some of those same ideals to ourselves and to our own in, in how in the way that we work and navigate the world. I don't think that coming out, because at the end of the day, this made her feel better and this is probably her piece to write this out, but I think it does nothing for women and it doesn't progress and move us forward. Because at the end of the day, now, we're already seeing backlash from men to, me too, right? We're seeing a lot of backlash from me too. And, F, and men are afraid to talk to women, approach women, and I just feel like, we need to always be pushing the culture forward. And I think the right thing in this moment would not have been for her to have done a think piece or at the very least include that we need to teach our daughters for the future. Even though, yes, you may feel strange about it in the moment, but we have to tell our daughters and teach them to stand up for themselves in the moment at the present time, even though it's going to be hard. We just have to do it. That's the only way we as women are going to progress in society. Now, on to Joe. Well, should Joe have been putting his hands on Miss Flores? Probably not. It probably wasn't the wrong move, but I, it probably wasn't the right move, but I feel like as women, and again, I'm not blaming women, but I am saying at some point in time, we have to take responsibility and say, hey, we want change, it starts with us. So if we wanna see a change in the culture, we have to start with ourselves. Joe comes from the old school culture. He's used to being able to, you know, be a little bit more handsy because there haven't been women who have stopped him in his tracks. Let's be those women. Let's be the women to stop him in his tracks because if we would have told him 10, 20 years ago, hey, this behavior isn't appropriate, and if he would have constantly been getting that throughout the years, then hey, I don't think we would be here today because at the end of the day, we have to teach men how to treat us. And some of us are, some men are going to understand and they're going to fall in line and they're going to do what they need to do. And some of them aren't, some of them are going to resist and want to go against us. And that's cool. And we'll deal with that in a moment, but there are some who will comply, who don't want to be, who don't want to be these predators who are allies to women. So I think that we need to focus on that group of men and we need to work with them on moving forward and pushing the culture forward. Um, again, Biden should not have been putting his hands on her, but at the same time, I don't think it was ill will. And you know, 
that may have been very creepy for Lucy for him to come up behind her and put his hands on her shoulder and kiss her in the back of the head. But for someone who isn't used to being touched at all, that moment could have been very comforting for them um, and could have relaxed them. And I think that's what Joe was trying to do in that moment. Again, not defending him. He's a grown man, but I just don't think that his intentions were, I'm going to cop a feel in this moment. You know, I really think his intentions were to try to help relax her and ease her tension because she was getting ready to go out and speak in front of a lot of people. And for someone else that may have actually been what they needed. But you know what, you guys, we're out of time. And I told you what I think about um, this Joe Biden situation. I want to hear what you guys think. Please leave comments. Please feel free to email us. We said what we said at Gmail. Let me know what you guys think about this whole Joe Biden situation. Let me know what you guys think about this whole Joe Biden situation. Um, even send me a voice memo. Go ahead and send me a voice memo to we said what we said. And I'll play what you think next week on the air. And we will be back next week with another episode. So... As they say, a toonie. I don't know what that accent was, but thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Fleslet on the beat.